This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, talking District 5 and 6 athletics week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, joined today by Sean Kane. What's up, Sean? Well, you know, I've got no apologies for good finishes this week. <laughs> That's right. No apologies. Um, this is going to be, I mean, it's the East Idaho prep cast, but like today I feel like it's like East Idaho countdown. <laughs> like we're, we're bringing you the top five finishes from the top five most incredible football games that happened just this past Friday. And, and I mean, statewide, Sean. I don't remember there being a week where there were so many crazy finishes, high impact plays at the end of games, overtime affairs, uh, one score games. I mean, just outside of East Idaho, you had a double overtime game between Centennial and Capital, where Centennial misses the PAT in overtime and then blocks a PAT in overtime to send it to a second OT. You had a one point win for. Valley View over Columbia, thanks to a missed PAT. Homedale and Sandpoint got into a shootout. You had uh, a flurry of great finishes up in North Idaho. I mean, it was just insane how many good games there were. And, of course, East Idaho leads the charge. Well, yeah, I mean, I I did a game we'll get to, but uh, I thought, man, I had the best game, and I got home and got on Twitter, and I'm like, what? And they just kept coming. The feed just kept coming. So, yeah, what a incredible weekend of high school football. I, I know we like to talk about other sports, but, man, I can't remember a weekend where so many games had so much on the line in the last seconds. <laughs> this is going to be a football-heavy show, just warning the good folks uh, ahead of time here. And we have got – I've got five games, five fantastic finishes queued up, ready to go as we dive into our countdown. So, again, you can listen to this audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Um, we also offer a video version of the PrepCast at IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel and Facebook page. This might be a week where you actually want to catch the video because we are going. I'm going to share my computer screen and play all of these plays for you so you can see them just in case you haven't had a chance to yet. Um, so yeah, definitely would encourage the video version of the podcast this week only because we're incorporating so much media into it. But Sean, with that said... Are you ready to start the countdown? Yeah, I'm ready. And, you know, when you hit the and you go to YouTube, make sure to subscribe so you can get it every week sent to you. Yes. If you hit subscribe uh, and you subscribe to the IdahoSports.com YouTube page, um, you will be notified every time we drop a new episode. So you don't have to go searching for it every week because sometimes we uh, publish on Wednesday afternoon. Sometimes it's first thing Thursday morning. It's hard to tell. And if you subscribe, and even if you listen to the audio version on whatever podcast platform you per prefer, you can subscribe there as well. And then it automatically gets downloaded into your feed. One less thing you've got to worry about uh, because you've got a lot to worry about these days. Absolutely. All right. So here we go. We'll start the countdown with number five. It's going to take us to Ravston Stadium in Idaho Falls. This is a place you're going to be at Friday night for the Emotion Bowl. And we will talk about that in due time. But first, we had a high country conference matchup at the class 4A level between Bonneville and Idaho Falls. Bonneville, just two weeks prior, had lost their star running back, Tim Williams, to a devastating lower leg injury that's going to cost him his entire junior season. 
And so how would they respond? Well, they get on the board first after a scoreless first quarter. It's a an 11-yard shuffle pass touchdown from Canyon Todd. Um, and then Todd scores or tried to score on two-point conversion but failed. It was 6-0 Bonneville. Todd scores again from one yard out. This time he does get the two-point conversion. And at halftime, it's Bonneville leading 14 to nothing. Okay, we go to the second half of action. Bonneville strikes immediately in the second half as Keaton Train returns the opening kickoff of the third period, 94 yards for a touchdown. And just like that, Bonneville is up 20 to nothing. Then on the next drive for Idaho Falls, they're backed up into their own end zone. Peter Molino gets tackled in the end zone for a safety, and it's 22 to nothing Bonneville in the third quarter. And we think, this is going to be a runaway. First of all, Sean, before we dive into the Idaho Falls side of things, this was an encouraging performance for Bonneville coming off of that significant injury to Tim Williams. Yeah, definitely. Just how do you respond? It's your best player. You didn't even finish the game. Um, so, you, you know, you didn't get your, you, you don't have your normal routine, right? Like it's not, it's not like we played the game back to practice. It's like we only played part of the game. How do we get back to practice? How do we get, uh, focused in what we have to do. And, um, you know, they found a way to rally, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. So uh, Bonneville's up 22 nothing in the third. And then Idaho Falls starts the comeback, Sean. Two minutes to play in the third. Bradley Elison finds Taylor Carden for a six-yard touchdown pass. They go for two, don't get it. It's 22-6 to six going into the fourth quarter. We go to 528 to play in the game. Idaho Falls still trailing 22-6. Elison hits Cardin again for a 27-yard touchdown. Again, they go for two. Don't get it. So it's 22-12. Immediately after that, Idaho Falls goes for the onside kick. They get it, Sean. They get the onside kick. They get the ball back down 10. And from there, Elison throws a 19-yard touchdown pass to Taysen Kirkham. They go for the PAT and make it to cut the gap to 22-19. They kick deep to Bonneville. They force a punt. Idaho Falls gets the ball back with 123 to play. They march all the way to Bonneville's 38-yard line, and this is how the game concludes. Hang tight. Number five. This is number five. <laughs> That's oh, wrong, wrong game. Hold on. <laughs> And again, this is on idahosports.com. This is Tim Belknap and Josh Magali on the call here. Final play of the game between Idaho Falls and Bonneville.
So there you go. That's the Idaho Falls on third down, Sean. They throw short. They don't have any timeouts left. He's tackled inbounds. They've got to hurry up to the line. And um, they snap the ball with about three seconds to go. And Elison puts, he like like Josh said on that broadcast there, he had a guy open just under through it just a little bit. But man, he throws that a yard or two more. That is possibly the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, right there. He They had the receiver. Just the throw was off just a little bit. But yeah, it was. I watched that and thought they kind of stopped for a second. I think Bonneville didn't realize the game was over. But then, you know, as that went on, they realized it was over and probably just kind of a huge sigh of relief after being up and the events of last week for for the bees. So Bonneville gets the win 22 to 19 over Idaho Falls. The bees are three and one overall one and oh in high country conference play. And I would say uh, too early to talk playoffs, but well on their way to getting a playoff bid. Idaho Falls behind the eight ball a little bit here, Sean. They're one and three overall. Owen one in league play. They were famously like the first team out of the playoffs last year. They just didn't have a good enough max preps ranking to, to leapfrog some of those other teams. And behind the eight ball a bit here again in 2023, big game with Skyline coming up this week in the Emotion Bowl that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Uh, number four on the list, Sean. This is the game that you were at, the Black and Blue four? Bowl. Four? Oh, what? Wow. Only only four, I know. <laughs> it's not nothing against I, you personally. I'm, but I know, I know, I know the other <laughs> games, but I have to fight for, for a little bit. The the annual black and blue bowl between class 5A Highland, class 4A Pocatello, uh, Lance Taylor and Sean Kane, your, yours truly uh, uh, on the prep cast here. Sean, we're on the call for this game. And, and this ended up being a pretty uh, fun back and forth affair as well. Highland builds up a 17-0 halftime lead. Uh, Zarek Eunice was your Idaho sports.com player of the game, Sean. He kicks uh, two field goals. And also has a uh, pick six or uh, kicks a couple PATs, kicks a field goal, has a 61 yard pick six back the other way for a touchdown. Tyson Beckles had a touchdown run. It was 17 to nothing Highland at halftime. Be honest. What were you thinking in that moment at halftime? At halftime, I think we kind of hit it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit is that really if you don't give up that INT, it's a 10 point game. It, it's been a whole lot of Zarek Eunice. He, uh, and he had a lot of plays in, in the second half too, that didn't show up on stats, but he's a, he'll be in the video you watch, um, covering, but yeah, you know, we just kept thinking it's only 10, you're only down 10 points and you threw two interceptions. We're thinking if you're the thunder, man, you you're still right in this game. You have an opportunity, um, because the way it was kind of going, you, you felt Highland really was having the momentum. It was kind of going to shut the door, but it wasn't the case. Yeah, we get to the second half. Pocatello trailing 17 to nothing. They get a six-yard touchdown run from Drake Contreras, the quarterback, to make it 17-7. But Highland answers right away. Uh, Drew Hymas hits Jackson Riddle uh, on a 25-yard touchdown pass. So Highland's up 24-7. to And from there, Highland wouldn't score again. And it was all Pocatello. Uh, Pokey gets the ball back. They score on their next drive. Uh, it's another six-yard touchdown run from Contreras. And the Thunder are within 24 to 14. And then in the fourth quarter, Garrett Keller comes out and kicks a field goal, right? To make it 24 to 17. And then Pocatello's defense played really well in that second half. Um, they get the ball back one final time and they get inside Highland's 10 yard line and they have five cracks at the end zone, Sean, and they can't get anything going. 
Uh, first play, Contreras tries to hit Julian Bowie, incomplete. Second down, Contreras is looking for Ty Wilkinson. Again, incomplete, but Highland gets flagged for pass interference. On the next play, Sean, take us through this. Contreras, it's still second down because of the penalty. Contreras throws it to Hunter May, but the touchdown gets reversed after Nick Sorrell, the Highland coach, was granted timeout. Uh, not not everybody was aware that the timeout had been called, and so Pocatello snaps the ball. They think they've won the game. Yeah, the best so fast. the best part of that is Lance Taylor's like they really should go down down the center to slant to Hunter May. It worked in the end zone, so he 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 does it, and he's like, yeah, touchdown. And um, Nick Sorrell was he was barking up and down the line way before the play even happened for a timeout, but no one knows. Everyone's cheering. It's going crazy, and then. Yeah, timeout. So they got everyone, I think, and their brother thought that was a touchdown, but the timeout was called way before. It was just so crazy at the end that they didn't get it out on the field for a, for a few seconds, just enough to uh, just give a little you know, taste of what could have been. Yeah, so the touchdown gets wiped out. Out of the timeout, Pocatello still got two more cracks out of here because time is dwindling now. Now it's not a matter of downs. It's a matter of time. Um, so next play, Contreras looks for Wilkinson again and throws incomplete, and it basically sets up one final play. How much time was on the clock, Sean? Three seconds? Three seconds. Well, it was it was another PI, right? There's two PI. Yes. Yeah, so another, another PI, half the distance to the goal. Um, and then and then you they've got another play with, you know, no time left on the clock. Okay. And that's where we pick it up here with Lance Taylor and Sean Kane on the call for IdahoSports.com. The final play of the game ball is at the Highland two and a half. We'll call yep. it the three yard line. And this is with three seconds left. This is basically the ball game. Here it is. And you can hear great job on the call there, by the way, Sean. Um, you could hear some of the students, some of the like students that were in front of you. Oh my god, I can't believe it. It's oh, just, it, it was and it, it was it was one of the loudest outside games I've ever been at for sure. And and I guess I misspoke. There was no time on the clock, right? It was an no untimed, time. yeah, because they had another down. another pass interference. Basically, it's a really good play. The Highland defenders kind of beat, he pushes them down because no matter what they can't get to touchdown another play, but if he doesn't push him down, he probably catches the ball easy if that makes sense. And so they get another play, no time left on the clock. And uh, yeah, it's right through the hands. It was on target that, you know, who's on coverage, Zarek Eunice almost has it. But if you go back and watch that Colton George tries to hit it out of the air and I zoomed in on it and he misses it by like that much from tipping it. So you have like, everything going on this play he jumps up number 11 almost gets it and 
I and Colton George might have blocked the view of the receiver too. I think was a little bit of it, but uh, just right in and out of the hands. Yeah, let's watch this one more time here and and diagnose the play here. Um, I'm not going to have the audio this time, but okay, you can see it set up. High, Highland's got a big defensive line, right, Sean? They, yeah, I mean, and even they're the gigantic. Um, yeah, they're really gigantic. tough. And so you see Contreras as he takes a snap, he'll roll out to the left, but there really isn't room for him to run it in, even though the ball's at the three. So, like, if we watch this, and I liked how Pocatello shifted too to have a single receiver out to that to that wide side as well overload the short side of the field so he's taking off and running but you can see the gaps closing and then yeah you talked about it colton george 33 no 11 it's number 11 back it up one more time here you'll see george uh or, or you'll see 33 for highland stick his hand up and nearly get it and then Eunice is 21 right on the yep. coverage and he's for right, the rams and he's right in front of him and I believe the intended receiver was Carson Christensen for Pocatello. That's who they were trying to go yeah, to. Yeah, number six would be Carson Christensen. You'll see right there. And then right the you next see him one. jumping up in the air, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you're talking about, Sean. That's Colton George. And if you right? zoom in, yeah, if you zoom in on that, it's he barely misses it. But okay. And so now. You see Colton George almost gets a hand on it. And here is Eunice. And here's the intended receiver. And so right. Eunice is right there. And that, I believe that's Carson Christensen. And the ball goes right off his hands. Incomplete. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, pretty crazy finish. Because <laughs> nobody knew for a second. And then Highland started celebrating. So very wild finish. Another classic in the black and blue bowl. Um, Pocatello, I think is, is one of the best teams in the state in 4A. I think Highland is the best team in the state in 5A. Maybe, maybe my fellow media members will wake up soon. I don't know. I doubt yeah, it. I, I big, mean, big game with Meridian this week might go a long way to where putting Highland on the map. Yeah. That game will make a, a big statement for Highland when you get the clashes from the different conferences and, you know, uh, Pocatello versus Hillcrest is going to be this weekend as well that's that will i think sum up a lot of uh arguments there yes and we've got a very good batch of games on idahosports.com that we will talk about here momentarily but that was number four are you ready for number three sean oh yeah number three we're gonna go to the class 2a ranks the defending state champions from bear lake they have had a tough go of it uh replacing so many talented players off of last year's championship team they came into their matchup with Wendell. Wendell was three and one. Bear Lake was one and two. And this came down to and essentially it wasn't there was three seconds left when this play happened. But uh, this ends up being the game winning touchdown from Bear Lake. But before we get to that, Bear Lake jumps out to a 14 to seven halftime lead. And then Wendell scores 16 unanswered points in the second half. And the Trojans all of a sudden are up 23 to 14 in the fourth quarter. And so Bear Lake gets a touchdown. They try to go for two and they don't get it. And that leaves the deficit at six. And that sets up this, this last minute drive by the Bear Lake Bears. This footage is from KVSI, the wave down there in Montpelier. This is Jared Hillier on the play-by-play -play call. And uh, here is what the final or second to last play of the Bear Lake Wendell game looked like. Take a look. 
And and again, they're debating. Wendell's leading 23 to 20 because uh, Bear Lake had cut it to six. They had gotten a field goal. Toby Flake's a great kicker. And so they're debating here. Should Bear Lake go for the field goal and the tie or should they go for the touchdown and the lead? It's fourth and goal, Sean. And there's only nine seconds left. So that's where we pick it up. Nice. How about that play, Sean? That was that was a nice little play call, and uh, the Bear Lake receivers gets it wide open in the corner of the end zone. You can tell Wendo something went wrong, and couldn't believe they were uh, he was that open. You could tell immediately some some something wasn't accounted for. But yeah, gutsy play. Yeah, Rhett Lloyd, the game-winning touchdown pass to Levi Stonehouse. And uh, this was a good win for Bear Lake. They're not two and two. Wendell's three and two. This is a game where we look back where Bear Lake and Wendell are going to be competing. We think probably for one of one of the at-large bids to the to the postseason potentially. And this head-to-head win for Bear Lake is going to prove to be huge. They did make the PAT and they get the twenty-seven to twenty-three victory. Um, so good win for Bear Lake, and that was number three on the countdown. Uh, special, special shout out to Malad as well. The Dragons won a very tight game with West Jefferson, 22 to 14. Malad now with a winning record. They're three and two. So keep an eye on the Dragons as well from the class 2A ranks. All right, Sean. Now, now the two big kahunas. These came, <laughs> I mean, this, this next one still, uh, is pretty incredible. And then our number one, of course, everybody's been talking about, but the next two are going to be touchdowns. As time expires, essentially, there's going to be like no time left for the opposing team to make any sort of comeback. We start at number two in a non-conference battle at the 4A ranks, Preston traveling to Burley. And like every single Burley game, it turns into an offensive shootout. This was a wild like final minute and change. Um, The two sides kept going back and forth, Sean. They traded the lead four different times in the fourth quarter. Burley seemingly gets the last laugh. Uh, Mac Jensen finds Sawyer Condal on a 45-yard touchdown with just 40 seconds to play, and Burley's up 51-47, to 47. and they're thinking, all right, we survived a tough one with Preston tonight, but we're going to walk out of here with a win, but Preston comes through in the clutch, They've got a freshman quarterback playing right now, Carter Perry, and what an incredible story he's had. Um, he, he wasn't expected to be the starter coming in, but their, their starting quarterback got hurt early on, and so Perry, as a freshman, is thrown into the fire. And basically, it comes down to the final play of the game, Sean, here. Preston is trailing 51-47, so a kick does you no good. You've got to get the touchdown. This is from Dan Hubbard on KACH Radio. 
in Preston. Check this out. So you got a good view of the uh, the blonde haired lady, right? <laughs> Obviously, ce celebrating. Might um, be a Preston fan. I, I couldn't quite tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might be a Preston fan. Not sure. Um, but uh, what an incredible play, Carter Perry! It was a low snap, and so it's already like a fire drill. And it kind of he kind of just gets it to drop down in too. That was a good pass. Yeah, he didn't rush the throw. He waited for his guy to get open on the crosser. Uh, Moffitt, Coulter Moffitt. And touchdown as time expires. And I think all of East Idaho says, way to go, Preston, going into Burley and knocking the Bobcats down a peg. Um, that, was, that was a huge win for them. 53-51, Preston gets the win. Perry throws for 225 yards and four touchdowns. All four touchdowns, Sean, came in the fourth quarter. Carson Winder has 123 yards rushing with four touchdowns. Um, and then on defense, Jackson Merrill, 11 tackles and a forced fumble. So Preston's two and three. Burley's now two and two. And again, we talk about as teams bubble. are competing for, for at-large bids into the into the postseason, um, you know, District 4 gets uh, two automatic bids, and that's it. And so unless Burley finishes in the top two, they'll be fighting for, for an at-large bid and Preston with this head-to-head -head win over the Bobcats that should help them out. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's a huge win for Preston and Preston, you know, two and three, I think they've got to be pretty happy um, right now in their season and, and to put up points like that. And like you said, the Burley games are always in the basketball scores. Um, so yeah, you, you've got to be happy with the results and, uh, moving forward, yeah, I think you're going to be able to maybe get one of those at-larges, just how it pans out, because other teams are going to have those matchups. So that could be huge later on. Big implications for Preston. Great win. Congratulations to Coach Craig Cunningham and his crew. And, of course, now our number one play from our number one games, Sean. It is Hillcrest and Skyline. Uh, before we get to the end, though, back and forth affair. Zion Crockett opens the scoring for Skyline. One-yard touchdown run. Skyline misses the PAT, and so it's 6-0. Now, they didn't have the lead for long. Hillcrest quarterback Peyton King breaks off a 53-yard touchdown run. The The kick by Ryland Borgman is through, and Hillcrest leads 7-6. We're still in the first quarter, Sean. Skyline answers. Carmine Garcia hits Hamilton Woodruff for a 53-yard touchdown pass. Skyline goes for two to try and go back up by seven. They don't get it, so it's 12-7 to seven Skyline. Now we're into the second quarter. Hillcrest scores again. King on a one-yard plunge, 13-12 to 12 Hillcrest. Um, and then 
they extend the league right before halftime. Braxton Battleson steps in front of a pass and returns at 57 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Hillcrest goes for two. Peyton King runs it in. It's 21 to 12. Hillcrest at halftime. But here come the Grizzlies. Amani Morell breaks off a 47-yard touchdown run in the third quarter. Alex Dennert hits the PAT. Skylines within two, 21-19. And then for the first time since that first score, way back at the start of the game, Skyline takes the lead on a 16-yard touchdown run from Amani Morell. And then Garcia hits Woodruff for the two-point pass. And going into the fourth quarter, Skyline leads 27-21. Hillcrest says, that's all right. Stay calm, cool, and collected. Trayson Keller caps off a long drive with a two-yard touchdown run. Borgman hits the PAT. Hillcrest leads 28-27. to Now, that again, they didn't have the lead for long. Skyline strikes on a 48-yard touchdown run from Zion Crockett. Garcia then hits Crockett for the two-point conversion. And Skyline now leads 35-28. We're late into the fourth quarter here, Sean, and the Grizzlies have a one-touchdown lead. Now, Hillcrest is attempting to tie the game up. They have it in Skyline territory. They have to go for it on fourth down because there's not much time remaining. They turn it over on downs. Peyton King is stopped at Skyline's 22-yard line. They don't get the first down. They turn it back over to the Grizzlies with 127 to go. And from there, this is where the game gets wild. Skyline tries to run out the clock, Sean. They don't quite get the job done. Because if they had picked up a first down, it would have been over. But Hillcrest holds. And so Skyline, now it's fourth down, Sean. And Coach Scott Berger has the decision to make. Do I punt it away? Or do I take an intentional safety to try and bleed as much time off of the clock as possible? He goes for option B. So Zion Crockett's punting. He basically runs backwards all the way into his end zone and steps out of the back. Now, I'd say it worked pretty well. They took 12 seconds off the clock just on that maneuver, but there's still six seconds left on the clock. And now it's a safety. So Hillcrest gets two points. It's 35 30. And on the safety, you have to kick it deep on the free Way kick. Back, yep. And so, and so Hillcrest and, and, and where you're, getting the free kick at, you're going to have the ball at midfield. And that's exactly what happened. Hillcrest returns the free kick to its own 45 yard line. Um, and they've got basically two cracks at it. There's six seconds left. First passes into the flat. It falls incomplete. I'm not sure if they were looking for the hook and lateral there or not, but it falls incomplete regardless. And so now it's up to one play three seconds on the clock. The ball is at at the Hillcrest 45 yard line. They've got to go 55 yards for pay dirt. It's hail Mary time. Peyton King has been playing quarterback the entire game, but Tyson Sweetwood has the stronger arm, Sean. So he didn't throw a single pass the entire yeah, game. Man, I've seen him play. He got in a lot of her century. He's actually got a pretty active arm. Yes, he's got a live arm for sure. So he hasn't thrown a pass the entire game. They need a quarterback with a big cannon to get the ball deep enough to try a Hail Mary. So they bring in Sweetwood off the bench. And this is what happens. This is from one of the Hillcrest parents or fans in the stands recording this. And then it was uploaded to the Hillcrest football Instagram account. Check this out. (laughs) 
So you kind of saw it at the end there, Sean. A rainbow of a pass. They throw it up to the six foot seven Isaac Davis, who's playing football for the first time since his freshman year. We know what he can do on the basketball court. He makes the catch now. He makes the catch around the seven yard line. So he's still got to run, you know, the remaining, you know, six or five yards or whatever it is into the end zone. Um, but good luck tackling that locomotive. And Hillcrest wins on a Hail Mary as time expires, 36 35, the final. <laughs> yeah. And just, and there's no one's in front of him. He just runs right in. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But, you know, I've seen him in action on the football field, Isaac Davis, that is. And he's a hard, uh, guy to cover anyways and then of course everyone's running full steam down the field but yeah I mean what a play you know the backup quarterback comes in you hit you hit the basketball player maybe maybe he uh Sweetwood will hit him for some assists later in the season they'll get him on the basketball team <laughs> but wow what a great play and I'm sure it's been a while um since Hillcrest has defeated Skyline right I was gonna I was thinking of that when I was thinking about what we we're going to talk about, but I'm sure it's been a few years at least. Yeah. I'll look it up while I ask you, what did you think about the decision to go for the intentional safety to try and oh. burn time off the clock? I always, when, when you brought that up, I think of now when you watch football and they always was like, it's a 33% chance if you do this on <laughs> fourth down. And I'm like, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a lot of what ifs. I, 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 I would probably be me personally. I think you just punt it or whatever and, and get them deeper back because you know, on the safety, there's no way that kick is going to be, you're going to get almost to midfield unless something crazy happens. So just given you're giving them a shot. Maybe if you punt it deep enough, they don't even get a, they don't even get a shot at it. I don't know, but uh, it did take a lot more time than I thought it would. 12 seconds is a, is a lot a long longer. Time. Yeah, that's a lot longer than I thought it would. And I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. It's uh if it's one of those plays like if it works, it's the greatest thing ever, right? I, I can't believe they came up with that idea, you know. And if it doesn't work, it's 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 bad, right? There's kind of not really an in-between. So um I, I like taking the the chance, but I think you you kick it as far as away on the other side of the field and just limit their opportunities. Yeah, in interesting decision, and um, I like I, I like Hillcrest probably has a one in fifty chance of yeah. converting that hail mary, and so you can't. To me, I I liked the call. I'll 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 play up the other side. You can't have results oriented thinking, which is well, skyline lost, so it was the wrong call. I think in general the decision was a good one to burn as much time off the clock, um, and I think Coach Berger in the moment thought maybe he could bleed the whole thing out. And I think what you do there is if you're Morell, you try to, I mean, and nobody ever practices this. Yeah. So or, run or zigzaggy if, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Run around as much as you can. I, sorry, I misspoke. I said Morell. It was Crockett who was punting. Um, yeah, the, there's no, there's no uh, guidebook on this, but in general, I think Skyline made the right call and more times than not that, that tactic probably works. Okay. Last time Hillcrest beat Skyline, Sean, you ready? Uh, they had lost four in a row to the Grizz. Last time they won was in 2018. They won by a single point, 13 to 12. All right. <laughs> 2018. You know what happened that year? They won. State. Hillcr Hillcrest won the championship. Yep. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, Hillcrest fans, don't. <laughs> 
His, history says you beat Skyline. They usually portends well for, you know. Yeah, Phil Crest can beat beat Pocatel this weekend. I mean, they've got to feel like they've got a legit, legit chance because Pocatello uh, played really, really well against, which I what I think, too, is Highland might be the best 5A team right now. So, yeah, it'll be a great game. A lot of good action in East Idaho this week. Um, okay. We've got a doozy of, of games coming up this week on IdahoSports.com for you, Sean. We have Highland hosting Meridian on IdahoSports.com. We have Pocatello hosting Hillcrest on IdahoSports.com. We have the Emotion Bowl, Skyline and Idaho Falls, the 59th annual. The winner gets to paint the goalposts at Ravston Stadium in their school colors. Skyline and Idaho Falls have split the past two years. That's going to be Friday night, 7 o'clock. We've got Thunder Ridge on the road, Sean, at Middleton. So Titans fans can tune into that game on IdahoSports.com. We've even got a Saturday eight-man game for you, Sean. Council against Butte County. Saturday, 5 o'clock, they're playing in Homedale. Neutral site game. That that one sounds pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like Butte County. It'll uh, be great games, right? Yeah, I mean they're 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 all. I can't see a bad one there. That's. I was gonna say you're gonna have to get me. I was gonna request another laptop so when I'm doing my game, I can watch the other games. But right, maybe that's an off in the air request. Hey, I don't know. Offline, offline talk <laughs> for sure. So, all right, before we get out of here, did want to give a shout out to the Bonneville Bees volleyball team. Sean, they won their annual Bonneville Classic uh, over the weekend. Took out a lot of good, talented teams on the way. Uh, if you want to know more about this year's Bonneville team and their great legendary coach, Chantal McMurtry, check out this week's Keeping Up With The Kill, written by Lindsay Togiai Afuk on IdahoSports.com. She does a deep dive into the Bonneville Bees and why they've been such a consistently good program in 4A volleyball all of these years. But, but congrats to uh, Bonneville Volleyball for winning their own home tournament as well. Yeah, Um and that tournament's really interesting, right? Because you have all District 6, um, a lot of the District 6 teams there, if not all of them, I think all of them. And I found it very interesting. Um, Hillcrest beat Skyline, but I think in the regular season, Skyline won. Um, and then Skyline and Hillcrest play again this week. So um, a lot of implications in that conference. Because uh, I think, you know, you have Bonneville, Hillcrest, Skyline are all good teams. And Blackfoot isn't bad either. Um, you've just there's there's going to be a lot of back and forth for those i think lower spots maybe but kind of interesting yeah and you know idaho falls did just have a volleyball player um commit to baylor as well i did see that um grace fuger for idaho falls high committing to baylor in the big 12 that's awesome wow. <laughs> way to go for Very volleyball cool. That's awesome. So congratulations. A lot of good volleyball in East Idaho as well. All right. Enjoy all the games on IdahoSports.com this Friday and Saturday. If you want a full rundown of what we're doing, click on the uh, game streams tab at the top of the homepage at IdahoSports.com. And otherwise, enjoy the competition. I'm I'm not sure we can go any higher than what we saw last week, but we'll, yeah. we'll certainly try. <laughs> like I said, I thought, man, I had the best game and then I got home. I couldn't believe how many good games there were. So you never know. Emotion Bowl is always a good game. I think regardless, you just got so much history and you got the nice new turf out there at Ravston. It's going to be a great game. And then, and then, like I said, that Hillcrest Pokey 
I think has a ton of implications for later on in the season. So just unreal. And then, I mean, Meridian Highland was a phenomenal game last year, you know, one score game. So who, who knows what happens here? I, I think Highland edges them out. I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take my hot take there. I like Highland at iron horse on the turf. Yeah. That that's an easy one to me. Pokey Hillcrest is the hard one to, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> after, after seeing Pocatell's defense against uh, Highland, they play a lot bigger they are, than they are. And if they can bring um, that kind of intensity on defense as they did against Highland, man. But you know, you know why Highland wins? They always have good special teams. I mean, their special teams is just so good. Even though they had a field goal uh, blocked, I was just thinking about this is Highland special teams are always so good. You have Eunice kicking. You have Drew Hymas who punts over 40 yards averaging and put Pocatello back in that game. So special teams was a huge part of that game. Um, and I and it's and Highland always has good special teams. And, man, hard to beat that. Yeah, and Kai Callen is still returning kicks, right? He's yeah, pretty electrifying, too. Th- pretty much Pocatello chose not to really kick it to him. They did a lot of squid kicks. Yeah. Um, and it panned out because, you know, Pocatello hit a, they kicked an onside kick and got it too in that game. I mean, we had pick six, sixes, fumbles, onside kicks, block field goals, um, game winning chances. I don't know if you get any more in a football game in that, than that black and blue bowl. So it, w- it was just good. Yeah. Pretty wild slate of games and, uh, Good ones on tap here as well. More non-conference action on IdahoSports.com. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast, everybody. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.